The catastrophes of the 2019-2020 bushfires and the floods of northern New South Wales, along with the pandemic for good measure, have all amalgamated to be one of the most urgent crises facing New South Wales and Australia in recent times. That is, the great housing crisis. As thousands of homes remain unlivable across New South Wales, on the podcast today we hear from Shadow Minister for Housing and Homelessness, Rose Jackson, MLC, about what exactly the government is doing or not doing to address this urgent issue. Joining me now is Rose Jackson, the Shadow Minister for Housing and Homelessness in New South Wales. Rose, thanks for being on the PSA CPSU New South Wales podcast today. Love to talk to the PSA. Hey, Jim, hope you're well. Thank you, Rose. Thank you. So we've got a couple of questions around the housing crisis that's happening at the moment. Obviously, there's some situations right now that are exacerbating the issue. Just wanted to ask you as the Shadow Minister, pre uh, the flood crisis, what were the numbers like on the waiting lists for uh, housing? Look, I mean... Pre-flood, we had an absolute housing crisis in regional New South Wales. So there are over 53,000 people on the social housing waiting list in New South Wales, and that's really spiked in recent years. There are now almost 10,000 people on the priority list. Those are people, Jim, who are at imminent risk of homelessness, people who desperately need housing and quickly. And that number's increased by 1,500 in the last two years as well. So we were already seeing real increases in the number of people who needed social housing, who needed government support for housing. And at the same time, we were also seeing a massive decline in housing stock. So just on the Northern Rivers alone, pre the floods, the vacancy rate was 0.6%. Like that region alone needed over 2,000 additional houses to kind of get anywhere near a healthy availability rate. So it really was this kind of perfect storm pre the floods um, of limited availability and massive demand. And of course, now this has just been exacerbated in the worst way. And it's, it's pretty catastrophic, actually. Yeah, and I suppose, you know, the the flood crisis is not a new territory for the government, obviously dealing with the bushfire situation, the the worst bushfires on record of 2019-2020 led to a massive housing crisis. Uh, Were there any lessons learnt there for the government? I mean, there were lessons to be learnt, Jim, but they didn't learn them. I mean, you're absolutely right. This is not the first time we have had a major natural disaster that's had massive housing consequences. So over 400 homes were lost on the south coast alone during the Black Summer bushfires. And as of this year, so that's obviously a number of years later, 50 of them had been rebuilt. And we still have a number of people down there living in caravans, um, you know, in converted shipping containers on their land. So there were a lot of lessons to be learnt in that response. But unfortunately, um, the government hasn't really paid enough attention. And, you know, when I was down on the South Coast recently, post-bushfire housing was still a major issue. And that was over two years ago. So I do think, you know, it's really important that as the flood crisis, you know, continues on, the government addresses it with some urgency. Because we can't have a situation where there are thousands and thousands of people on the northern rivers who do not have housing in two years' time. You're in budgetary estimates right now uh, asking these questions of the government. What has been their response to these situations so far? And do you know of any statutory obligations that they have to meet some sort of a quota that hasn't been met? Look, I mean, their response, I think, has been, you know, pretty 
limited, pretty poor. I mean, they sort of acknowledge it's a problem, which I guess is good, although how could you not? Mm. You know, we have now over 2,000, I think, homes assessed as damaged and unlivable. I mean, that number is only going to increase massively. The government at the moment is saying, look, we're in the immediate crisis response stage. You know, we're not at the rebuild stage yet. But the problem is, without forward planning, Jim, we're going to have the thousands of people who are currently homeless, living in evacuation centres, in tents, in cars, staying with friends and family. Um, And, you know, they're going to want to start thinking now about, can I rebuild my home? How do I get my home back to a livable standard again? Should I rebuild my home? Those are questions that they want to start thinking about right now. And the government isn't really engaging, I think, in a serious way and with urgency. And look, they're not under any obligation here. That's the kind of concerning bit. I mean, they can just kind of wait it out until the cameras have gone and the immediate crisis has passed. Um, and hope that the community moves on to something else and leave people in a pretty untenable situation. And I think it's really important that we don't let that happen, that we kind of keep their feet to the fire of saying, no, you have to address the regional housing crisis. We cannot have a situation where there is broad-scale homelessness across the Northern Rivers and the North Coast because people cannot get back into their homes or get their homes rebuilt because the government isn't there with the resources and support to make that happen. Logistically for the PSA, this attitude of neglect towards the housing crisis has put our members in the firing line of trying to solve these large and complex issues with reduced resources to help the most vulnerable. My name's Siobhan Callanan and I'm the uh, manager of the community's health and education team. One of the major concerns that we've had is not enough workers to be able to support support those vulnerable people and get them into long-term accommodation and support so that they can improve their lives. The government relies a lot on um, agency staff and temporary employees in housing um, and that the longer-term permanent employees are continuously training and retraining uh, new, new temporary staff because they're on uh, short-term contracts sometimes one month, sometimes three months, uh, either rolling or, you know, at the end of those three months they're gone and they're training a new person to come in. Um, And it really, long-term for vulnerable people, for rough sleepers, for those experiencing homelessness or um, housing stress, it's really problematic to not have um, the support that they need to get into long-term housing. So I suppose the fact that there's a, uh, a shortage in general uh, really means that, I guess, staffing levels being at an all-time low is almost an afterthought and that's having a detrimental effect on the clients who are actually on the waiting list. Yes, no, like that's absolutely right. Our members are you know, overworked and they cannot get to or even deliver on um, the housing needs for, for vulnerable people in New South Wales because the stock isn't there, the workers aren't there. And then add that. Uh, add COVID to that um, has meant that, you know, their their work is limited in the way that a lot of people's work has been because they, you know, they are field workers and uh, they call them client service, service visits, um, has been essentially uh, stopped during lockdown and the, the kind of catch-up that they need to do to identify people at risk and, and visit those people has been really uh, a high workload as well. So it's a compounding issue around the availability of housing stock for, um, and then also 
the workers to be able to support people um, to, to get that into that housing in the long term as well. Protect yourself at work. Call the PSA today on 1300 772 679 or head to psa.asn.au.